Do you know what really sucks? Is sitting down to edit your project and realizing that you have gaps in your coverage or shots missing? You need to have a really good, specific, and detailed shot list. Head over to filmmakersecrets.com slash shot list, S-H-O-T-L-I-S-T, to get a killer shot list template along with some training where I show you step-by-step exactly how to use it. They saw the potential of how good it could be. And so everyone showed up every day, like every day people were working at their highest. And I think that's what it takes to make a great story. Filmmakers have the power to evoke emotion, inspire thought, and drive universal change in this world. Right now, a real seismic shift is happening in the film industry. This is your best chance to join a new filmmaking movement. You have been called to create an everlasting impact with your unmatched, deep desire to tell authentic stories. So how does a filmmaker thrive in an environment that is almost intentionally designed to bring you down? That is the question, and this podcast reveals the answer. What's happening, filmmakers? It's George VK. Welcome to Filmmaker Secrets Podcast, episode number 39. And I am so honored to have my guest, Brian Landis Falkins, on the BLF, who's a super talented actor, filmmaker. So, Brian, go ahead and say what's up to our filmmakers and reveal the one filmmaker secret that you've been keeping from us. Uh, hi, my name is Brian Landis Falkins, otherwise known as the BLF. I am very happy to be here. I think the one filmmaker secret that I'm keeping is the power of relationships. The power of relationships in this business cannot be talked about enough. And uh, hopefully we'll get into it. Perfect. That's beautiful. I think that's a great segue into figuring out, like, take, take me back to the moment that you had this spark, whatever that relationship of, you know, you towards films, towards acting, towards storytelling, what was that moment? What was happening around you that, that gave you that spark and that initial drive to, uh, you know, this unencumbered sort of uh, idea that, yes, I want to be a storyteller. Well, I've always known from a young age that I wanted to be telling stories. Like it started in my basement. I had a little stage built in my basement and I would do little stories on that for the neighbor kids. And then I would do, you know, stuff for family. And then in kindergarten, I did uh, an alphabet play and I was the letter F for fancy feet. (laughs) And I did a ridiculous little dance. And people laughed and clapped. And I was like, whoa, what is this all about? This is amazing. Um, I really enjoy that kind of energy. Uh, and so I did theater all throughout school. Um, and I come from a theater background, which I think has served me really well as a storyteller and uh, as, you know, as a filmmaker. I think uh, crossing mediums uh, is, is a good thing to do. Uh, I think there's a lot to be learned doing theater and then bringing what you learn into film and, and, you know, honestly, vice versa. Um, I think the moment, as far as my secret is concerned, uh, of relationships is every kind of major film that I've done in my career has always been because of relationships that I had. 
So people that I had worked with in the past, maybe on a student film, maybe on a short film, has down the road uh, years later turned into work on a bigger scale um, as far as, you know, the size of the production, um, the size of the paycheck, uh, the kind of clout of the people that I'm working with. Uh, everything has come from maintaining relationships. And one thing that's really important to me as it pertains to relationships is that it's not about like networking. It's not about like trying to meet all these people and like, what can you do for me? But they're actually authentic relationships. They are, you know, people that I care about, people that I enjoy working with. You know, I think another secret is to surround yourself with people that are more talented than you, you know, seek out people that are more driven, that are like-minded and that want to get stuff done. Can I cuss on these? I just yeah. censored myself. Okay. Just, just making sure I should ask that question. <laughs> I was I'll like, want to get shit done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get shit Even, done. That's right. I usually don't, but you know, I, I, uh, I feel like I always want to, but I stop myself. So I can, I, I know what yeah. you mean. I, I've um, taught for years. And so like in right. that teaching, that filter just goes right in. Exactly. And I think that when I'm on a film set, that's when I usually let it rip. But <laughs> oh yeah. Like F word Definitely. every other sentence. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that what you said, uh, you know, I always talk about collaboration that can only happen when you realize that there are other people that are better at certain things than you. And it can only happen when you realize that and let go of certain duties or, you know, you delegate properly. Um, so that's amazing. You know, we talked just before we started the recording about the interesting fact that the very first film I ever shot in film school, you were in, and the mm -hmm. very last film that I just recently shot, you were in as well. Can you talk about like sort of the cyclical nature of relationships? You talked about nurturing those relationships and it's not about networking, but it's about nurturing those relationships, not in order to get something from that person, but it's right. truly giving them value before you take something. And, you know, largely the people that I want to collaborate and tell stories with. For, you know, for whatever reason, you find these people as we kind of traverse this industry, you find people that have similar voices. You find people that are telling stories or aspiring to tell stories that you want to be a part of, um, that kind of line up with your own artistic voice, that kind of inform the work that you do that goes deeper than just making a paycheck. It, it's about, you know, the reason I did theater for as long as I did is because the films that I was able to audition for were much smaller. Um, the parts were smaller. And so in the theater, I could tell important stories and play really interesting characters, uh, you know, that that added to my kind of artistic career. And so I was able to tell really interesting stories um, that matter that affected people that, you know, people would see and it would, you know, change their life or, or at least make them look at things in a different way. And I think if I were to distill down why I do what I do, it's because of those moments. It's because when you tell a story and it affects someone so deeply that they have to talk to you about it. Or they have to engage with their community about it, or they start to look at things differently. So 
you know, that really, for me, kind of rises to the top. Um, and as far as like the relationship thing, it's surrounding yourself with those people that are like-minded individuals or that are just telling stories that intrigue you. Um, and so I keep tabs on filmmakers and I reach out periodically to see what they're working on with a genuine kind of curiosity because I like to see my friends succeed as well and grow and do different projects. So I think it's just a mix of like wanting to know about these people's lives and then wanting to collaborate with them again um, as they kind of go on their journey. And I tell you, man, like the most rewarding things that I've gotten to do in my career are because they're people that I know and care about that want to tell a story and want me involved in that story. And, you know, I think from an actor's point of view, what we bring to the table that is uniquely us is kind of what your brand ends up being. So, you know, like I, I'm someone that is enjoyable to be around on the set. Like I'm going to bring a certain energy to the set that is positivity, that is a little humor. Um, and I think that when you're working on a film set for 12 to 16, 17 hours a day, you're going to want those kind of people around you that you enjoy being around. And that's part of my brand is that when you cast me, you know that you're getting someone that is enjoyable, enjoyable to be around. Um, I'm a character actor. So I really get into creating character and making them very different for me as an, as an artist from the last character that I did. So you know that you get that when you cast me in something. Um, consistency of work. Like, you know, you're going to have consistent, strong work when I'm on your set. So it's like, these are the things that I bring to the table. And I also think about, okay, what is it about this director that I really like? What is it about the cinematographer whose images like spark something inside me? Um, the last film I did was a film called Rentapal. And the cinematographer, his name is Scott Park. His, he paints with light. He creates these images that are so striking to me that when I watch something that can be, you know, just a plate with a piece of lasagna on it, with a fork cutting it, it could be a very throwaway, simple shot, but he makes it into art. And so when every shot is looking like that, that excites me. Then I'm more invested in the story that we're telling because it's done through a very creative and artistic eye. That's a, did I that's answer your question? No, yeah, you, you totally did. And I love that you actually went there. That was going to be my next question. You know, let's get into mm -hmm. some tactical things. Um, sure. So you started in Rent-A-Pal. I actually had Jimmy Weber on the, on the podcast as well. So Excellent. it was really Wonderful. interesting to get that side of the insight. And I'd love to now get, you know, sort of your insight from being in front of the camera. What's your approach? Obviously, with your, you know, vast experience as an actor, what's your approach now that you've transformed into the actor you are today? Working with a director, how do you, um, you know, do you do any backstories? Do you have mm. extensive conversations with a director? How do you approach your, your characters? Well, I find that I have to do all my work first, obviously, um, to make sure that I'm well informed about the story that I'm telling and the character that I'm playing. So I'll do 
all that work on my own and I'll reach out to the director if that, uh, you know, channel of communication is open to ask any question. Cause you don't always have that luxury of being able to have like a personal relationship with the director or that the director has set it up in such a way that you can do that. But for Rental Powell, it was a unique scenario where I had worked with John Stevenson before um, and we met and clicked about the story and everything just kind of fell into place. So I think actors really have to be flexible in that sense of every director is different and how they approach creating a story is different. And so there can be things that I really like to do actor director wise, but I don't always have that luxury. So I have to be malleable in such a way, not only in my work, but in the way that I work, which I think directors have to be as well, right? Really great directors are very flexible. They can adjust the way they're directing for one actor, and then it's not going to work on this actor. So they have to adjust their language and adjust the way they work with that actor. So, I mean, I would distill it down to really great artists have to be flexible in a collaboration. Um, I think that's super important. You know, with Renta Powell, the script was, it, for me, story is everything. Mm-hmm. It all starts and ends with story. If the story is not exciting me, if the story is not going on a journey that I want to be on, then it's harder to make that movie. It's harder to make that piece of art. It's harder to tell that story if I'm not fully invested. So I'm constantly looking for that interesting story, something that pulls me in as a viewer, because like I love movies. I love series and TV. I love theater. What do I love about it? I like being invested in the character. I like to be pulled in and forget that I'm watching actors act and, you know, directors direct. I want to get lost in the story. And for Rent Pal specifically, I will, you know, nine pages in, I was committed. I was calling John up on the phone going, what do I have to do to be <laughs> part of this project, man? This, this is the kind of story I've been looking for. It excited me. Um, it also challenged me as an actor. I was like, this is not going to be easy to pull off. That excites me because if something, if there's something in a script that scares me, it makes me want to do it even more because mm. I like to push myself in that way. I, you know, I want to be scared and I want to come, you know, kind of overcome that fear. Um, so these, you know, those are the things that I look for in just finding a project. Now, you know, in film, we're not that lucky to like pick and choose. <laughs> we're, we're, we're done in a smaller market. You're just like hands out for scraps. You're like, right. I just want to do a feature, please. <laughs> I've done so many shorts. Can you just throw a dog a bone? So right. when something like this fell in my lap, I, you know, was so excited and I made the decision to very much commit 150%. And so I asked him if I could come on as a producer as well, um, just to be all the more committed to making a great piece of art. Well, it's, it's a great film. I think you should be extremely proud of your work. Um, so, you know, for all the filmmakers out there, support local independent filmmakers, watch the film Rent-A-Pal. It's available. Um, now, 
those are the things that work. What about the things that don't work? What are the things that mm-hmm. directors do that you don't necessarily agree with, or it kind of throws you off your tracks? You know, it, I think it comes down to communication. How do you communicate an idea to anybody that is working on a project with you? Um, and if something is not being communicated, can you change the way in which you're trying to communicate that idea? Because clearly I can't plug into your head and see what you're trying to see. And I, you know, actors, for the most part, we don't want a line reading. We don't want you to say, say the line like this, mm-hmm. because I mean, like, ugh, you know, what, what does that do to you as an actor? Well, it's then I just feel more like a meat puppet, right? Like, why don't you get on the screen and why don't you, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? It's like, and it's not a mean thing. It's not like I get, I don't necessarily get angry. It's just like, okay, that's my job. Right. And if I'm not saying it in the way that you want, just give me some direction. I am very flexible. I can take direction. That's another thing for young actors. If they're listening to this, you have to be able to take direction and apply it. The biggest thing that I see is an actor will get direction and then say it the exact same way the next day, mm-hmm. which has got to be maddening for a director that's trying to get, you know, a different performance out of them in order to tell their story. So, you know, hopefully we have a, a good line of communication and that there are ways to change. If something, if I'm not giving you what you need, the way you communicate that to me, then changing your approach. The best directors I've ever worked with are able to say the same thing in different ways, Mm. right? If it's not landing for me, what they're after, they're able to say it in a different way that, oh, it clicks. I totally understand what you're saying. And on the actor side, it's like you can't get stuck in your ways so much where you're not able to hear a bigger picture or hear things in a way that maybe you don't normally do. Right. So like we're always trying to grow as artists on every project that we do, because that's kind of why we keep doing them. Right. Is so we can get better and better and better as constantly improving. That's right. Uh, Now, there's usually a a day with filmmaking being such a such a collaborative art form. There's there's always things going wrong. Right. What was that? What was that day on Rent-A-Pal where you felt like, man, it's just not landing or it's some something is going awry and how did you overcome that challenge mm. yeah i think the big ones for the actor is you have a bulk of dialogue that maybe you haven't gotten in your head as good as that you normally would like to as far as your preparation and that can be really frustrating because i don't think you can really fully tell the story if you don't fully understand what you're saying and the biggest thing for like a film actor is if you don't understand what you're saying, you're not always able to sell that on camera, right? There are little things that you do that give yourself away. And obviously, everything that I've ever done, you watch and you're like, man, I wish I did it that way. Or man, I wish it. I mean, Rent a was for me, for the most part, I watch it and I'm very proud of the work. But even in there, there are scenes where I'm like, uh, I see you, BLF. I don't see David anymore. <laughs> I, I see BLF. And I don't like seeing myself in in my work in that way. 
where it's like, okay, I wasn't fully prepared that day, perhaps, or with that scene, um, you know, lack of sleep can do it. I remember one day I just, the, the night before I just didn't sleep. I may have gotten an hour and a half of sleep. And for whatever reason, it was just, I couldn't turn off or whatever. But then you arrive to set that day, you have a full day. And during the process of shooting that film, I was also doing a play. And so I would shoot during the day and then do this play at night. And, wow. and that is both a blessing and a curse, right? Like mm-hmm. as an actor, I'm living my best life, man. I'm getting to do theater and film and I'm making art and it's like all day long. It's great. But then you're also burning the candle at both ends and you start fatigue starts to set in. And if you're not taking care of yourself, it can slowly catch up. So there was one day that I hadn't slept and it was a very hard day to get through. Um, obviously lack of focus, you know, my focus wasn't as sharp as it normally was. Um, and so you make silly kind of mistakes on those days, but yeah, for the most part, rent a bow, man, it was 21 days of shooting and it really lined up in a beautiful symbiotic way where everybody was doing their best work to tell this story the best that they could. They saw the potential of how good it could be. And so everyone showed up every day, like Mm. every day people were working at their highest. And I think that's what it takes to make a great story, man. We all have to show up and we all have to work together because it takes everybody that is working on that project. It takes us all. You can't do it alone. There's no way. And so just, I think everybody knew the story we were telling and everyone showed up. That's amazing. And, you know, I think it just takes so much self-awareness and vulnerability to be able to share something like that. So I appreciate you uh, kind of, you know, putting yourself on the spot in that sense. Um, Kind of my department. (laughs) Kind of my Um, department. That's right. Um, I would love to keep talking to you, Brian. Uh, This has been so insightful and, and I appreciate you giving me the time. Um, Where can our filmmakers go to find out more about you? Sure. You can, uh, you know, my website's a little outdated, but feel free to go to brianlandisfalkins.com. You can find me on the social media, on the Instagram, particularly, obviously IMDb. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm always trying to find that next eternal sunshine of the spotless mind so that Ooh. I can make a, a good kind of awesome film and, and break out. So we're, we're hustling every day. We're hustling. That's my Every favorite day. film. My favorite, absolute. Favorite oh man, film. come on. I've been looking for that script and obviously not that script, but a script that touches me in that way yeah. for years, like in garden state, like the same kind of thing. Yeah. Like I'm not a writer, so I have to find people that write these scripts. And that is very, very hard. Yeah. So if I you have, that. if you have that <laughs> script out there, please reach out to me. I'm and let's, on let's collaborate. <laughs> That's amazing. I'll have all the links uh, in the show notes for, for awesome. our filmmakers. Brian, what do you have coming up next? What are you working on? I'm working on a video game that I can't talk about because of NDAs. Uh, I just did a day in New Mexico on a feature film that I also can't talk about. Um, a bunch <laughs> of you know things that you can't put titles to. Um, but I'm definitely working and I'm definitely hustling and uh, 
like I said, I'm always, there's lots of irons in the fire. So when one of those strikes, um, hopefully it'll be that next eternal sunshine. Boom. Well, I, I look forward to all that and we'll make sure to get you back on the show when inevitably the next project starts to really pick up steam and, and you can actually share some of the, yeah. <laughs> some of the secrets. Awesome. Uh, final question for you, Brian, if you were on a deserted island and you could mm. only bring one movie with you, oh, God. that's right. Wow. <laughs> Come on. I mean, well, I mean, the audience is going to think clearly eternal sunshine, the spotless mind. Right. Like, because that I've already dropped that uh, a handful of times. But if I had to like watch the, oh, that is such a hard question. Cause but isn't see, it funny? My, my like, favorite film is the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, but the film yeah. that I can watch over and over is the fifth element. Right. See, understood. Like, and isn't like your, my top 10 changes week to yeah. week that, you know, movies come in and then they go out, but they're, you know, they're, it's never consistent. Right. Next week, I'm going to have a different answer for this question. But if I had to watch a movie over and over, it would probably <laughs> be, uh, it would probably be the Goonies. Okay. <laughs> this nice. week, just the energy that I'm feeling. It's a, it was a very important film in my youth and, uh, I could watch that movie over and over again. A little bit of nostalgia. I'm, I'm, yeah, about exactly. It. It's Next great. week, it's going to be a different movie altogether. <laughs> I'll find out. <laughs> All <laughs> right, Brian, BLF, thank you so much for being on Filmmaker Secrets Podcast. It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to coming back. If you like that, then you are going to love my Cine Racing Challenge. This is a seven-day filmmaking competition where your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to write shoot and edit a short 60 second film in just seven days for your one chance to win with over $10,000 in prizes. So head over to cineracing.com. That's C-I-N-E-R-A-C-I-N-G.com to get registered. Spots are filling up fast and the timer is ticking before the next Cine Racing Challenge launches. So be sure to head over to cineracing.com right now to get registered. I'll see you over there.